1: 6.30 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 6.30 Chad.
2: Oil country. The puck drops on Wednesday Oilers and Canucks right here on 6.30 Chad face-off show at six. The game will start at eight o'clock. You'll hear from Oscar Clefbaum in a bit as he did a zoom availability to talk about his shoulder injury. Still hasn't had surgery and he made some interesting comments about his future, both as a hockey player and in life. Clefbaum definitely dealing with some pain issues. We'll also touch on Ryan McLeod, who's still with the Oilers as they put some other players on waivers. And we will hear a little bit from Gary Bettman, about uh, the NHL approach for this season with COVID and some other NHL news as well. But we're going to jump right in off the top of the show and welcome back to Inside Sports, a man who will uh, continue to make frequent appearances on this program throughout the course of the NHL season, my good friend Jack Michaels.
1: Jack, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Reed. and let's uh, quell all the confusion. Uh, I have not called my last game on 6.30 Chet. And that begins on Wednesday night.
2: Well, I'm glad you brought that Oh, By the way, I should mention they're in the warm-up at the national championship game, Ohio State and Alabama, just in the warm-up. I'm not spoiling anything.
1: Tell me any scoring plays or anything that could otherwise ruin my enjoyment of the broadcast. I'd really appreciate that.
2: Well, I'll try. I don't think they're going to be kicking off while you're on. Okay. Well, I'm what glad I you clarified to my that.
1: Birthday in a couple of weeks. Do you know that too? Do you care to ruin that surprise? Oh, is it your birthday? No, in a couple of weeks. Well,
2: I've never known when your birthday was. Well, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll note that. Down. What day is your birthday?
1: Uh, it's January twenty third. I don't think. Okay. It's it's not so much that you haven't known you just haven't bothered to really care reed and that's what prevents us from having the kind of cohesive relationship we should
2: uh mostly correct i will say with that one anyway i'm glad you're clarifying because i got a text from a lot of people today What's happening with Jack Michaels? Now, we do welcome Cam Moon to our broadcast team to call radio games. Do you mind sharing how we're, we're looking up, uh, looking at how this is going to be divided up when you'll be on TV, when you'll be on radio?
1: I think it's going to be fairly cut and dry. So national nights, what we think of hockey night, Canada nights, those are the games go, I'm going to be doing on 630 chat. So... Basically, Wednesdays and Saturdays, plus all the playoffs, I'll be right here. Any other day during the regular season, and that's likely a regional game. In so which on case, those Cam games... Moon, in which case, sorry. So in which case, Cam Moon would be the play-by-play guy on 630 Chet. So basically, any game that falls on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday cams doing and then i'll be doing wednesdays and saturdays that basically appears to be the formula as of now
2: all right well and i know first of all you know good for you but you have done uh i i think you've done at least one oilers tv game i think you might have filled in when kevin quinn lost his voice a few years ago right. did you not go do an la kings game on television or a couple of games a few years ago
1: yeah, I did L.A., Arizona. That was the game that knocked the Kings out of the playoffs. At the time, uh, they were coming off, I believe, a division title. Yeah, that was the spring of 17. That was kind of the last gap uh, for what we remember as the good L.A. teams. And then I did do a TV game against Boston, which featured a heck of a fight between then Bruin, Milan Lucic, and Luke Gazdick. And uh, that happened to be on TV. So, you know what? I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity on Sportsnet. But I'm equally excited to not only remain part of the 630 Chad broadcast, broadcast crew, but also welcome another guy who's really put in the time, and that's Cam Moon. I know he's a good friend of yours. I've met him a few times. Seems like a great guy, other than, of course, liking you. And I think he's going to fit in great.
2: Cam Moon will fit in great. This, this, this is awesome for sure. Okay, so that's cool. So you're still going to be on this show, and you're still going to be around the rink all the time. So I'm, I'm happy I've, about I've that.
1: I've not pledged anything. You'll notice what was conspicuous by its absence in that release is any sort of pledge on my part to remain associated with you or this show at any point in the future
2: no no it's assumed you'll be on this show the audience wants you jack
1: yeah yeah I'm, I'm sure i i i feel like i hear the scratching of of uh what are crickets they're not are they insects or are they like andropods or one of those kind of things i, I, I think a cricket's an anthropod. i think they're insects well, you know isn't there a isn't there a type of a aphid or a there, I feel like there might be a fit or a pod in there with when it comes to crickets. You know how they scratch their legs together to make that noise, don't you, Reed? Yeah. Yes, yes I, you know this, I know what this. I know the right sound. I grew up
2: in a rural area. I've heard crickets and frogs and coyotes and all that. Uh, you know, my 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 mom uh, Judy, as you call her, or her name is actually Louise uh really? used to fire a shotgun into the into the bushes sometimes to scare off the coyotes you would uh, can you imagine my mom wielding a shotgun and firing it from the hip you've met my mom
1: yes i have and your dad malcolm i know very well
2: that's <laughs> yes, malcolm malcolm and judy my parents that's that's absolutely true colton tech city says jack is the only play-by-play guy who can send chills up my spine when he does his calls. In my opinion, he's one of the best in the business. The OT winner back in the Shark Series is one of my favorites. That is uh, the David Dayharna goal, which absolutely was, was a classic call for sure. Okay, let's let's talk about camp. Um, now, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more later in the show too, Jack, because I do have some audio from Dave Tippett and Ryan McLeod. The, Ryan McLeod, the way they lined up today was the fourth-line center. I wonder if that will be the case by the time we get to Wednesday, depending what happens with the waiver situation. Jujar, Kara's on waivers, and also if Devin Shore winds up getting a contract. He's on a PTO.
1: And I think that's a valid question, just as it was to surmise that, you know, just because Kara in the scrimmage has largely occupied what seemed to be the fourth-line center role whether he'd still be in that spot, you know, come Wednesday night against Vancouver. And the answer is there's so many different scenarios. I mean, you know, one of the things is solved if someone claims care on waivers, which might happen. I mean, we don't know, but that is a possibility. I think Devin Shore is a possibility to be in the lineup as you're starting fourth line center. And You know, people who may not be familiar with this guy, I mean, he had three consecutive years where he basically had the same stat three years in a row, 12 goals, 30 points. I mean, you get that from your fourth-line center, you're laughing. Just laughing. And, you know, those kind of numbers, you know, quite frankly, at least in terms of the total points, would dwarf any numbers that Care has ever put up. And for that matter, would exceed the numbers that, you know, Riley Shane and some of the other guys they've tried in that four-hole – Recently, So I think he's a real contender. Now, I think you know my feelings on Ryan McLeod. This guy, if they can hit with this pick, I think it's a tremendous boon for the organization. I mean, can he be a third-line center in the NHL long-term? Boy, he skates well. He really does. I like him a lot. At some point, you're going to want to get some fresh blood in the lineup. I just wonder whether mcleod is a more more of a year away but if you're asking me would i be shocked if he earns the nod no i want it especially in this year where Tippett has already said he expects to use quite a few players that are going to wind up on that so-called taxi squad I
2: was talking about Ryan McLeod a couple of times last week, Jack, and I know a scrimmage is a long way from an NHL regular season game. I acknowledge that. But if you don't shine in the scrimmage, you don't give your coach any reason to think you can do it in the regular season. And what I said was when I see Ryan McLeod, he can skate and he just seems to be involved in the play. You know, Jack, like some guys just, they're, they're always around the puck. Maybe they, they don't get it all the time and you, you need to win battles, but... I just would would always seem to be sitting there watching a drill or watching a scrimmage and thinking like, Oh, that guy that guy got involved. That guy pressured the puck. That guy stole the puck. And it was it was Ryan McLeod more than you know, he got more than his share of wins in battles and races than perhaps other younger players trying to make an impression.
1: Well again it's because he can skate. I mean that's the thing with him that stuck out for me from his very first camp is he can fly. You know, I have to admit, I've been a fan of his right from the get-go. So there might be some bias creeping in, but I think you find that kind of speed in the bottom half of your lineup, and it, it gives everyone a bit of a jump, and, and similar to, you know, at the very top of your lineup, where you, when you hear about Ryan Nugent Hopkins finding himself naturally elevating his own pace, his own game, because he's on the line with Connor McDavid. The same goes when you're playing at a at a certain type of speed, and that you know that fourth line center is, is is full of vigor. You know he's getting that first look in the NHL. That's Ryan McLeod. I can guarantee you, if he's playing Wednesday, he's gonna come out flying. So you know it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's it's a you know it's a sealed deal because to be honest with you, Reed, there are scenarios in which I could see all three players potentially lining up as the fourth-line center. And remember, we haven't even talked about Gaetan Haas. And before, you know, things like coming over from Europe and quarantining became a factor, that was the guy I had in there. So we haven't even talked about him. I honestly can tell you, Wednesday, it could be Kara, Shore, Or McLeod wouldn't surprise me if any of the three were back because remember just because you put a guy on waivers doesn't mean he pops right back into that spot as soon as he clears
2: it's going to be tough for Haas to get up to speed in a short season I'm not saying he doesn't play but man that's it's always tough to miss training camp and I think in this situation it might be any tougher Jack Michaels joining us tonight on Inside Sports 617 the football game's underway I will give no update. Uh, until done. That.
1: You know what helped Toss is that right-handed shot and the fact True. that I think Dave Tippett envisions him killing penalties, and when you've got the attacking zone team with the o- opportunity to dictate where the face is held, that's where that right-handed shot really comes into play in your own zone of the PK. So I, I agree, Reed, it's not going to be easy, but I think Tippett liked Toss, and I think if Toss can get himself close, Tippett will give him some playing time.
2: Jack, you cheer for the Cleveland Browns. The first offensive play of the game for Pittsburgh was a bad snap, resulting in a Cleveland defensive touchdown. They were up 28-0 after the first quarter. I won't ask you when you felt comfortable, but when did you start feeling optimistic that they were going to win that game?
1: When did I start feeling optimistic that they'd win the game? Yeah. I would say when did we see each other at the rink this morning? (laughs) <laughs> that's when it sunk in, eh? I, I think that's when it sunk in that they might have a real shot. Uh, if you're a Browns fan, you just, uh, you've just you learned so many lessons. There's no chirping. There's, there's no nothing. Uh, I've made those mistakes as a younger, foolish man, and I've paid for them dearly. So I kept my mouth shut for a change, and only when I arrived at the rink, and I saw the playoff pairings for next week, I felt reasonably safe at that point. Why? Nothing's changed, has it?
2: No, as far as I know, the Browns have still won. There's no recount or anything like that.
1: All right, I just wanted to appreciate it.
2: (laughs) Hey, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. We will be doing this throughout the season, of course, and I look forward to seeing you at the rink tomorrow, buddy.
1: Now, when you know Cam a little better than I do, how long do I have to put up this charade of being so welcoming and friendly and excited to have him on the team? When can I start being my acerbic, obnoxious self in front of him? I, the...
2: would su- I, I would suggest starting immediately so he can quickly grow accustomed to it, just as I had to.
1: Oh, okay. So he so callous him up, in other words. Like, yes, uh, you know, exactly. let the insult <laughs> fly tomorrow at the rink. Okay, will do. See you, Jack. <laughs> That's
2: Jack Michaels. Uh, who, look, okay, he's still going to be calling Oilers games. So he, he broke it down. So we'll actually have a couple of voices on 630 shed this year, which is kind of cool. When the Oilers are on national television, Jack will be calling games on 630 shed and the Oilers radio network. When the Oilers are on regional television, Jack will call those games on Sportsnet and Cam Moon, who I, I think many of you know and love. uh, Honestly, when uh, Cam's on the show, I feel like he's the most warmly received guest ever. Uh, Cam's going to call some more of those games. So that was awesome. Uh, Cam was on with Bob earlier today. He's going to hop on Inside Sports tomorrow night. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. Actually, a few people writing in about Jack's new opportunity. I'll touch on a few of those. Uh, You're happy to chime in as well. Uh, We'll go over some roster stuff. I'm sure you have opinions there. We'll play some cleft bomb clips from earlier today. All ahead, Inside Sports on Chet. That is your captain, Connor McDavid. Weathers and Canucks coming up Wednesday night. And we'll still see how the Oilers roster shakes down for that game. 780-496-0063, the number to call or text. This individual says, Michaels will be missed while I'm listening to the hockey games at work. Ron says, hey, Reid, if there is a Hall of Fame for radio personality and an influential person, Jack would be in it for sure. Going to miss his voice for those remaining five days of the week. Appreciate that uh scott from sherwood park says hey reed it's great that jack is doing the regional games now i don't have to listen to the radio while watching the game and this texter who did not identify his or her him or herself simply says can't stand jack michaels visitor feed for me (laughs) so there you go and jason the clatter says i love jack giving you a hard time so good in capital letters Yes. Jack is good at that for sure. All right. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, again, like we're going to have Jack on, on the radio sometimes, uh, Cam moon on the radio sometimes. So we'll have two guys on the radio. I, uh, I do appreciate that most of, uh, most of the, uh, comments are, are complimentary for Jack and that's often how it goes. Uh, I think you've all, uh, got to know Jack. You've uh, kind of gotten used to his call and his rhythms and, uh, you know, he's got to call some 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 pretty significant Oilers moments, even though they haven't had playoff success. And let's face it, you know, the first few years they were in the league, they, he, you know, he was calling games. They weren't very good, but he got to call them going to the playoffs. He got to call the day overtime goal. You know, McDavid's first goal, Nuge's first goal, Eberle's first goal and uh, a lot of exciting things. Along the way. And uh, I think that is a credit to, to Jack that over the years, he has become the guy for a lot of you. And he was replacing the guy because uh, Rod Phillips, obviously an absolute legend and the voice of the, Oilers' five Stanley cups in seven years. So it was, uh, you know, it wasn't, it, you know, I don't think Jack would put it this way, but it wasn't easy to step into that role, but he did it like a pro. He did it with his own energy and his own style. And I think that's ultimately why, he connected is because he was genuine as he was and he was himself and he wanted to bring you the game and, and entertain you and paint the picture for you. Uh so hey, appreciate the comments. I'm sure he he will as he will as well. And again, you'll still get him on chat and you'll get him on T V sometimes. And you're still gonna get him on Inside Sports despite what he says. He's coming on this show. We we all know that he's coming on this show. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three to call or text. Uh where's one more I wanted to read here. Oh yeah, Dave says. Uh, congrats to Jack Michaels. I hope he keeps his quirks that I love. Welcome Cam Moon. Excited to hear his call. Always enjoyed his interviews on Inside Sports. Sad to hear about Jay Bomester. He's a legend. I met him once. He's the epitome of cool and classy. Jay Bomester retiring today, and uh, Dave also says, "Does Bob continue Oilers?" No. Oh yeah, Oilers now is Oilers now is uh, ongoing. Bob's going to be doing a little bit on the TV intermissions. But other than that, his uh, role remains the same. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Oscar Clefbaum. a lot to say there. We'll hear from him today, or we'll hear from him uh, after the 6.30 news as he talked earlier today. And kind of interesting what he said and also what he didn't say about his shoulder injury. That's coming up next on Inside Sports. college college football playoff national championship game 807 left in the first quarter Alabama up 7 nothing on Ohio State Alabama heavily favored to uh, win this game 12 and 0 coming in Ohio State didn't play as many games because of covid they are coming in 7 All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We had Jack Michaels on the show, John Garrett, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst for the Canucks on Sportsnet. He's always entertaining. He's going to join us in about an hour, but we have a lot of Oilers news and notes to get to first. I also want to mention this. Reading a story here in The Athletic filed about an hour ago by Daniel Kaplan that uh, apparently San Jose Sharks winger Evander Kane has filed for bankruptcy and the filing detailed liabilities of 26.8 million dollars and assets and it's uh, that's said to be largely three homes of 10.2 million dollars the filing included a note that warns he may not play this year uh so now you got to remember this too and this is pointed out in the article that the opt-out deadline for players this season who said hey you know what COVID situation I don't feel right playing that was December 24th so they're not sure here how he could still opt out of the season the complaint here yeah this is it's really strange guys. Uh, th- there are nine lawsuits, six of which are active. the largest complainant, uh, Sentinel Bank, which filed a lawsuit last week against Kane and the Sharks going after 8.3 million dollars. in this bankruptcy filing, Evander Kane lists his income as and I'm not even sure how this works, because this obviously wouldn't be income. He lists his income as negative $91,000 a month. Think about that, negative $91,000 a month. He signed a seven-year $49 million contract extension in 2018. Now he's filing for bankruptcy with $26.8 million of debt and an income of negative $91,000 a month. Uh, apparently. In the last 12 months, he has lost a million and a half dollars gambling. The petition also listed seven dependents as living with him, from his six month old daughter to his 77 year old grandmother. But it's still unclear how he could reach that amount of debt. And I, uh, yeah, this, I I mean, I I don't want to be flippant about this or anything, because if you're filing for bankruptcy, Things are, are probably bad, and you're and you're looking for some help. It's it's hard to imagine, and I think for a lot of us, how you could lose that quantity of money, especially in a short period of time. But that's what uh, Kane is saying here. Again, uh, apparently twenty six point eight million dollars of debt, uh, gambling losses of about a million and a half dollars over the last year. Keane has played for 11 years in the NHL. He's earned about 53 million dollars to this point. That's according to CapFriendly.com. So we'll see where that goes, and we'll see if there is a way that he winds up not playing this year. That is a strange one. Durkin Cochran says, "Wow, has Evander been hanging out with you, Reed? What a lifestyle!" Well, if he was, at least he might have some valuable old comic books to sell to get some of the money back. I don't know. That's uh, that's huge. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm a little astounded reading that. I mean, because I, 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 I was sort of just uh, kind of catching up on it here as I was reading it to you guys. And that that, that is uh, hard to imagine. Uh, the writer, Daniel Kaplan, listing other high-profile athletes who have filed for bankruptcy from pro sports. They include Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, boxers, football players, Michael Vick, Vince Young, Warren Sapp, Lenny Dykstra from the World of Baseball, remember him? Played for the Mets, and then he played, he played for the 90, for the 86 Mets, and then was on the Phillies team that lost to the Blue Jays in 93. And the NHL, Darren McCarty, Jack Johnson, Brian Troche have all filed for bankruptcy, so now you can add Evander Kane to that list. Anyway, 780 496 the number to call or text. The NHL going to Lake Tahoe. They are going to do some outdoor games, and they are going to be... At Lake Tahoe. This is interesting stuff here. February 20th, it'll be Vegas against Colorado. February 21st, it'll be Boston against Philadelphia. So something a little different from the NHL. And uh, we'll have some comments from Gary Bettman a little bit later on today as they had uh, Bettman and, and Bill Daly had a media availability today. Gary Bettman did say explicitly that if we wanted to lose less money, we wouldn't play. He flat out said that. He said we will lose more money by playing, comparing to if they shut things down and play. But he said the players want to play, and ultimately they don't want to miss a season. But he was pretty uh, pretty blunt about that. But uh, we'll have some of that audio a little bit later on tonight. Okay, so Oscar Klefbaum did a Zoom availability from Karlstad, Sweden today, and you you know what has happened with Klefbaum here, and we know that in the course of his career, he's uh, you know he's had some injury issues with the Edmonton Oilers, not always the shoulder injury, but at times it has been the shoulder that has flared up during Oscar's career. And and look, Oscar's been, he, he's a pretty good defenseman. I I realize sometimes, well, he's not a true number one. Okay. Fair enough. But he's a, he's a pretty good defenseman. I mean, he had 34 points in 62 games last year. He had a career high 38 points in 82 games in 16, 17 that's his career high. That's the only time he's played all 82 games. And oh, by the way, that's when the orders ended the decade of darkness and went to the playoffs. Probably didn't hurt that Clefbaum played the entire year. But in, you know, in 15, 16, he only played 30 games. In 17, 18, he was at 66. In 18, 19, he was at 61. Last year, again, at 62 in a 71-game season. So he still missed some time. He, you know, he's he's had some treatment on the shoulder along the way. So it, it is an ongoing problem for Clefbaum. And we've been hearing about it first for what, like, was it, was it not September, October? Ken Holland first revealed, we don't know if Oscar is going to be ready for the start of the season, which we thought probably was going to be sometime in January, as it turned out to be. And then Holland confirmed a few weeks ago, Clefbaum will not play this season. And we keep hearing, okay, Clefbaum has the shoulder issue. Is he going to get surgery? Uh, He wants to be back for September for training camp for the next season all well and good all kind of makes sense so clef himself spoke today and i want to play these clips and i want to give my take on it because i do find it a little bit curious and i feel for oscar because i think he's in a bit of a tough well obviously he's in a bit of a tough situation and i want to i want to get from you what you're hearing as well so first of all let's just start generally clef updating the shoulder
0: getting better i do everything i can to to get it better uh, and i have a uh, a good dialogue with uh, with the Edmonton Oilers medical staff. Obviously, we talk a lot to to see what's best for me, and using second opinions and, and discuss what's best for the shoulder, best for the team, and best for me right now. So uh, we're looking into options, uh, and hopefully, I can I can get some some good shoulder surgery done and get some shoulder some kind of release from pain, and so I can live my private life a little bit better. Uh, and then in, in the end, I want to get back to playing for for the Edmonton orders
2: all right so he says he wants to get back paying, playing he mentioned his private like there, life there and you'll you'll hear again which and it came up several times during the availability today he didn't just talk about how it affects his hockey playing he it says he affects how he lives his life this uh, this is a, a painful injury that appears to be hindering him both on and off the ice but he said he wants to get back back to playing and and shoulder surgery Appears to be an option here, but but he did emphasize his
0: quality of life right now not so good. This is not something that's been I don't know happened overnight. It's been going on for a while, so I was kind of aware like I'd need to do something. And if that is in a couple of weeks or a month or or a year or two years, and uh, you don't really know, uh, but you're just gonna in the end, you gotta listen to the body. Uh, hockey is a great sport and we all love it and I'm fortunate enough to play in the best league in the world so I I remember I I uh Ryan Smith said before his last game in, in Rexall plays it's uh it's really hard to get into the NHL but it's even harder to to take a step out and leave the game we all love so it's hard but you got to be smart because obviously I have a, a long life hopefully ahead of me so you got to be smart but like I said, I'm early I'm a young guy, and i my main focus is on on try to be better every day and and do everything in my power to get back playing. So to me,
2: here's here's the big question. We know that this is a problem, and even from I've just played you approximately two minutes of audio from about a twenty minute availability. And you're hearing what was repeated often throughout his availability. He is in pain. Surgery appears to be an option, but but he's not getting the surgery. But he wants to come back and play in the NHL. So I asked Oscar, what if if you wanna so this season's a write-off? We everybody's accepted you're not playing. Your GM has said that, you're saying that. So you're not playing this season which if the Oilers all, go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, is going to end in the middle of July. It, does, it doesn't matter when the Oilers' season ends. Clefbaum's not part of this season. But as we know, the NHL is back on calendar for next season, which means training camp, middle of September, which means if Oscar Clefbaum wants to play in the NHL, he has to be ready to go then and back. So, So I asked Oscar, if you want to be back, for training camp and healthy and having dealt with the after effects of the surgery, what is the deadline for you to
0: get it done? I don't really see it that way right now. Uh, with everything that's going on, I I would like to get the surgery done as, as as soon as possible, but with traveling and, and going into different countries and all that and, and obviously getting surgery in the end, it's, a, it's tough to find a pretty good solution right now with COVID and everything. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a crazy situation for for, for everyone, including me. Uh, so I don't really put pressure on myself to get the surgery done because I still want to get it done in the end. But the way it looks right now in the world, I just kind of see it from a, a different perspective, I guess.
2: Okay, so... That, that was kind of a, a, a bit of a curious comment to me that he, he you know he wants to get the surgery he wants to play but there's no real timetable to get it done or even come to North America because he said in the interview there's a specialist in Cleveland that he wants to see that would probably perform the surgery so Here's what, I'm, here's what I'm wondering here, and, and uh, somebody, uh, Kevin, has texted into the show and says, I'm listening to Oscar, and I hear retirement, actually. And, and that's what I'm wondering. If he gets sh- shoulder surgery, and he also referenced shoulder replacement while talking today, That I, that I wonder if, if uh, somebody who's a pro athlete needs a joint replaced, if, if that's it for their career. Or at least they have to strongly consider that being it for their career. Now, you know, Clefbaum, he didn't specifically mention that. You heard some of his comments here where I think we can kind of hear perhaps what he is maneuvering around. But it, it would seem to me if get surgery, recover from surgery, feel better, play hockey, that that would be done. Whereas if he's kind of saying he's not sure what to do, I'm wondering if the surgery in itself perhaps threatens the end of his career. And, you know, he didn't go there today as he kind of was with that last question. He was was carefully offered as much as he could. So first of all, look, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, honestly, I'm not trying to stir anything up here or, or create any controversy or, or anything because I, I, I feel bad for the guy. Like if he's 27 years old, and again, he said several times, I'm having pain in my everyday life. He called it his private life. He said he, if he's going to be a dad and be able to lift up a kid and, and be a, a husband and a father, he doesn't want to be hindered by that. So I, I feel bad for him that obviously this is a very painful injury and something that he has had for a while, as he explained
0: when he first suffered it. There was one time when I played in Ferristat and I, I kind of separated my shoulder pretty badly. And and, and what I've heard, there's a there's risk for arthritis and, and, and other stuff going going with this when you have this kind of surgery that I had in, in my younger days. So, But hopefully that's going to be taken care of. And, Like you said, this has been going on for a while, and I've been playing a lot of games. So um, you can play through a lot of pain, obviously, as a hockey player. But Okay.
2: Well, we'll see. I I mean, I I have to admit, I I was on that Zoom availability live this morning. I I, I re-listened to most of it this afternoon, and now even hearing some of these clips for the third time. I I have to admit, everyone, it it makes me a little sad because – he's he's clearly in pain and there's to me anyway if I if I read into some things that he said there is a decision to be made that that he appears to be reluctant to make I, I hope that this is resolved and he's on the ice in in September be it with the Oilers or or wherever and he plays several more years in the NHL and he's fine I just I, I this, this is what I fear and I want to be clear here I I am somewhat speculating and reading into things he said. So I don't want you to go say, oh, Reed Reed said this. Reed is going to happen. I'm just hearing this and interpreting it like a lot of you are. But I'm just just wondering, worst case scenario, if uh, sometime later this year, or early next year, we hear Oscar Kleffbaum as the result of shoulder surgery is retiring. And we remember January 11th where he said, oh, yeah, that's that's the day he said that. And we got that hint. So, again, I don't know if that's going to happen. But certainly the, the seed of that has been planted in my mind. I hope not. I hope he's been okay. Again, he's been a, a pretty good Edmonton Oiler. He was uh, a big part of a power play last year that was historically good. And, uh, you know, a pretty good five-on-five player overall as well. So from the hockey player angle, the Oilers are going to miss him. From the personal angle, I hope whatever he resolves to do helps his life and health as a whole. Absolutely. 780-496-0063, the number to call or text. It is now 7-7 in the National Championship game. Two minutes to go in the first quarter. We're back after the break. I should give you the uh, line combinations for today and we'll discuss the roster moves and the potential for the roster more in the next half hour of the show. The lines today McDavid between Nugent Hopkins and Cassian dry settle with Cahoon and Yamamoto. I've liked what I've seen from Cahoon so far tourists with Archibald and Pugliarvi so Archibald the right shot on the left side there and young Ryan McLeod centering Tyler Ennis and Alex Chase on the fifth line so to speak was James Neal Devin Shore and Tyler Benson now Shore still on a PTO and Jujar Kara on waivers, so was not on the ice. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Douglas says, Oscar Oscar's absolutely correct. After a major surgery, the pain doesn't go away quickly. My spinal surgery will affect me for a long time, especially sleep. Good luck to him and all Oilers fans. Thanks, Douglas, and hope, uh, well, hope you're, uh, I don't know when you had your surgery, but I hope you're feeling better. Spinal surgery sounds really serious. Uh, Douglas, I don't know if you heard, um, Jonathan Rose on the show last week, new defensive back for the E football team, talking about some uh, spinal fusion that he had in, in his neck because of a problem he had. I wonder if that uh, felt familiar at all to you, Douglas. But thank you for texting in today. Max says shoulder pain is terrible. It is all you can think of when it's happening to you. Godspeed, Oscar. Kevin says, everything I heard he said is things he would like to do when he returns to the NHL. I think he's getting advice from the medical profession on what long term effects are going to be even after surgery. That's why he's referring to his private life so often. James says, Reed, listening to those clips, I get the same feeling. Retirement is a distinct possibility. And Rick in the Park. I, know, I believe he means Sherwood Park, but Rick, you let me know if you're just sitting in a random park somewhere. He says, I agree with you about Oscar. If surgery could fix this so he could play, he would fly to the States, quarantine, see the surgeon, get the surgery, start rehab. When they first talked about this condition, it worried me about the seriousness of it. Maybe everything that is happening now is about ensuring he can maximize whatever money he can realize from his current contract when it comes to insurance and such. Yeah, it could be something like that, uh... Rick, I just, uh, you know, again, I, I, I'm just telling you what I heard in there. And the, I, I, like I said, I'm giving you my interpretation. I think there's enough there to be concerned. I, I just, I mean, I, look, I, any athlete on any team, I, I want people in general to be healthy. And Oscar's been a good oiler and clearly he's, he's gone through some stuff. So I, I do hope he's okay. Uh, he, he did say
0: today that he has felt better since the uh, season ended with the loss to Chicago. Obviously, it's not. The same stress on the shoulder and, and and the body itself when you're not playing hockey and and you're not putting uh, put it over stress every every single day and sometimes twice a day. So it's better, uh, but this is not the the life I want. I want to be back in North America playing hockey right now, and and that's I'm not in shape for that right now. So I want to do everything I can to to be in that shape once again, and we're just gonna try to find a good way there.
2: All right, and get more on Oscar Clefbaum on 630 chetcom globalnews.ca. Alabama gets a touchdown seven seconds into the second quarter, point after still to come, so they're up 13-7 on Ohio State in the college football national championship game. We'll have a little bit on Ryan McLeod, possibilities for the Oilers' fourth line as we move into the season opener coming up on Wednesday night against the Vancouver Canucks. By the way, the Canucks didn't practice yesterday COVID concern turned out to be a false false positive, so they're good to go for the game on Wednesday. Coming up after the break.
1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.